Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. This I'm a peacock. You gotta let me fly. This is the Rich Eisen show. That is it. North Carolina will go to the final four. Peacocks don't fly. Live from the Rich Eisen show studio in Los Angeles. I know I'm great. But let me just express to everybody out there who does not root for Duke. It is a wild watch. Earlier on the show, from NBC Sports, Peter King, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Coming up, CBS Sports broadcaster, Ian Eagle. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All righty, everybody. Welcome to our number three of the Rich Eisen Show here on the air. Peter King and also Mike Florio have already stopped by. You should as well. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Um, as I pointed out at the top of the program, um, despite the Cinderella story out of Jersey City, which, by the way, was the original script of Caddyshack, um, <laughs> that despite that Cinderella story with St. Peter's and we all love those uh, those runs, it is the most blue of blue blood Final Fours that I can seem to recall with Kansas Literally. and Villanova and UNC taking on Duke. I mean, good Lord. First time they've ever faced each other in the NCAA tournament, and it's going to be in the Final Four in Coach K's last Final Four, last two games, he hopes, of his college coaching career. Can they end that run unceremoniously, as unceremoniously as they did his Cameron indoor run earlier on? And to talk about it uh, is the man who called the UNC peak, uh, St. Peter's Peacock game, as well as so many other terrific games um and uh him at the mic and i just love listening to him and his watch um the number of uh, different play on words of the word love of uh, unc's player named love was really uh enjoyable and then you just add in a touch of the spinarkle and it really is just a, a terrific listen he is the broadcaster ian eagle back here in the rich eisen show how you doing i you uh, have clearly had a lot of proud peacock representation already. Yes, sir. Peter King and yes, Mike sir. Florio, and now I'm kind of an unofficial peacock. Yes, sir. With the St. Peter's run, so it's it's my honor and my pleasure to be on the program. You're peacock adjacent. After I've been calling that game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm going to put that on my business card. <laughs> Man, I thought you know uh, I was. You know, obviously hoping for a better game, but UNC is just quite a remarkable story in its own right. What uh, what was yeah. your front row seat, literal figurative uh, view of it, Ian? Yeah, we uh, 
we obviously went in with the idea that maybe these guys just don't feel any fear or any stress, and any intimidation going against blue blood programs. What they did against Kentucky, the win over Murray State, that was mid-major against mid-major. And then the victory over Purdue, that was really a shocker based on the fact that the Boilermakers had time to prepare for them, had tape to watch, had a feel for what they were going to do, and just had so much raw size. And still St. Peter's found a way to win. Uh, we we saw Dan Gavitt just before the game got underway. He made a great point uh, when we asked his opinion on the matchup. And he said, UNC, although this is not a normal role for them, they've kind of had that underdog mentality the last few weeks. They were on the bubble. They finished the ACC season strong. They obviously got the win at Duke at Cameron and then uh, the showing in the ACC tournament. And that mentality probably put them in a better frame of mind than Kentucky or Purdue when they played St. Peter's because so much was expected of them, and both teams thought they had a chance to win a national championship. So in this particular matchup, they may have benefited St. Peter's by going against UCLA than North Carolina in just the idea that they could still maybe sneak up on someone despite everything they accomplished. UNC, they've already been through the roller coaster of emotions this year, and they're just getting stronger and stronger as they go. I, I thought they were, they were lights out. They were money. They were impressive from the word go. They looked like one of the best teams in the country. And that game against Duke, I mean, my gosh, you can't make it up. You cannot make up that matchup. I mean, I said at the top of the show, it's like Packers-Bears in the NFC Championship game, Yankees-Red Sox in the ALCS. This is it. It's go time. Unreal. Yeah, it's a dream matchup. And it's funny, when these things come about and you start getting the the notes and the nuggets that are connected to it, you do a double take. So I'm doing my prep, and you would just assume that you know this already, being a sports fan but they have never played in the NCAA tournament. You write that down on your prep sheet. You say, how? How is that possible with the history between these two programs? With the legacy of greatness, you would just assume somewhere along the line they would have played in a Sweet 16, in an Elite Eight, in a Final Four, in a national championship game. No, Uh, they were only in the same Final Four once. 1991 didn't play one another. That was, of course, the Duke-UNLV semifinal matchup the retribution game, and it was Kansas, the remnants of the Danny and the Miracle squad that mm. played North Carolina in the other semi. Kansas advanced, and we know Duke advanced. Duke won the national championship. That was the first of many for Mike Krzyzewski. So uh, the fact that it's happening now in Coach K's final year, mm. that it was unexpected from a UNC standpoint, and then add that additional layer of what happened in Coach K's final home game as a coach the way UNC took over the game, embarrassed Duke at the end, and all of the alums, former players that are standing there and had to watch it with the rest of the crowd, dumbfounded, uh, it just it, it just adds a whole other vibe to this semifinal matchup. It's, it's nirvana. It's college basketball nirvana. This is the kind of stuff you root for. And so, yeah, I guess when you think about it, Ian, uh, that if, if a team is – like if Duke and Carolina are both, you know, seated one or two in in di- different regions, 
yep. it's, it stands to reason like they 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 wouldn't meet right just be, for merely unless yeah. unless they get to the same final four so you got one now seated eighth it would make sense that duke and carolina could play each other at some point in the sweet 16 but the fact is that they're coming from different parts of the bracket is unbelievable and as you pointed out the cameron indoor setup i'm kind of sitting here wondering like if that gives UNC more confidence in a game like this, or Duke has a revenge angle they normally wouldn't have, you know what I mean, to erase that. Those kids who might be terribly upset and saw Coach K sort of admonish the crowd for cheering when he's like that that was a bad performance. I'm wondering if these kids will now use that as a clarion call to erase that by winning this game, you know? Excellent, excellent question. You know, the other part of the equation is the fact that the committee for all of these years, I think they've tried to avoid having Duke and UNC play in early rounds because of the history between the two, because they're coming from the same conference. They really do make an effort to try to avoid those kinds of matchups early because the tournament is supposed to be about other matchups, new matchups, new rivalries that emerge based on the NCAA tournament. Everything you laid out is 100% true. Uh, you get to this stage, and I think each team probably has their own narrative of, of what it is that's motivating them at this point, the disrespect that UNC was feeling, the fact that Hubert Davis was being questioned early in his coaching tenure after replacing a legend in Roy Williams. They got crushed by Kentucky. It was an embarrassing nationally televised game by 20-plus points. They lost to Purdue rather handily. There were these, these little markers along the way that, that led us to believe that North Carolina wasn't a legitimate team this year, and yet they came together and found chemistry at the most important time. And then for Duke, all the expectations, you're looking at future NBA stars on the team, and you, you start questioning, well, maybe it's just not the right mix, or uh, maybe they just don't have uh, that, that fire lit inside them. That was the concern watching that UNC Duke game at Cameron, nobody seemed to want it. And I know they wanted it for Mike K, but they couldn't seem to make it happen on the court. There there were shots being passed up in the final three and a half minutes, and nobody really stepped forward. And all that has changed in the NCAA tournament, whether that flipped the switch or that opened their eyes or they just needed to get past that moment with all of those great Duke players in attendance and and it spooked them out. Who knows? Whatever it is, they're playing at such an exceptionally high level, and they did get tested. It's not like they've plowed through the first four rounds of the tournament. We have seen them pushed a little bit. So to me, that's a really good sign for Duke as well, that uh, they come in battle-tested for this Final Four and everything that is going to come with it, which is a great deal of media attention. They're they're going to feel the weight of the Final Four and Coach K's legacy talked about for the next five days in, at infinitum. So uh, how many games of St. Peter's did you did you have? Just the one? Just I had all one? of them. Yeah, all I, them. I, I was like the unofficial soundtrack for the Peacock. <laughs> and let me tell you, it was glorious. It was a tremendous story. The first game against Kentucky, uh, you know how this works, Rich. There's phases to an upset when you look at the anatomy of an NCAA tournament upset. The first phase is, all right, can they hang? Is this going to be 16-2 at at the end of six minutes in the game? Or 
Is it going to be 9-6 in that first timeout and, and they absorb the first punch? So that's the first phase. They pass that loud and clear. The second phase is, well, can they really compete? Can this be a competitive game? Is this going to spill over into the second half and it's a one-possession, two-possession game? And are they going to give the higher seed something to think about, something to be nervous about? And then the third phase is, can they actually win? Because we've seen a bunch of lower seeds push uh, a blue blood to the brink of elimination, but then the future NBA standout takes over or the ball bounces their way and uh, the the lower seed is left forlorn and, and walking off the court thinking what could have been. And they passed all three of those tests, that final test, overtime against Kentucky. You just assume, right. well, the Wildcats will take over. they got 10,000 fans in Indy. They're going to feel the buzz of the crowd, and, and who they are is going to emerge. And the number two seed will advance. They'll have been pushed, but they'll survive it. They didn't. St. Peter's never blinked. It was wild to watch. And then to draw Murray State in the second round, where they thought, oh, wait, we can play with these guys. <laughs> this isn't out of the realm for for the Peacocks to advance against the team that also has been questioned about where they fit into the grand landscape. Uh, so it, it really was a blast, and uh, you, you could feel it building where people started Googling, where is St. Peter's University? <laughs> I think most people had no idea. They're filling out a bracket like, oh, yeah, yeah, Kentucky, St. Peter's. Where is that? Virginia? Wisconsin? Where is that? <laughs> it's New Jersey. It's Jersey City. <laughs> and, Rich, if you drove right now through Jersey City yes. and passed by the university, you may miss it. There might have been over. You're like, wait, is that it? <laughs> that one right there, that building? Yeah, that's it. Amazing. I thought I saw a tweet where that Kentucky might have players collectively uh, have a collective, you know, NIL haul more than the the budget of the basketball program. At St. I Peter's. I would not doubt that. <laughs> that's, what I saw. I, that's what I saw. I saw some <laughs> other tweets that that talked about the finances. You know, John Calipari is right. one of the highest paid coaches in college basketball. He certainly earned it with what he's done through the years, but I believe his salary is in the range of $8 million, and I believe the entire sports budget at St. Peter's might be $7.5 million. Tell me you had an opportunity to do a promo for a show on TNT and say that they, they know Drum A during one of those games. <laughs> did, no, you did not, I didn't because you didn't have the that? thing, Rich. Every one of our games, this is the first time in my career, Yes. Every one of our games was on CBS. We had nine <laughs> games. Wow. All of them were on CBS. So there was no drame. There was more Abashola. I had to make a choice, <laughs> and I read the card. That's what I did. But still, uh, so, Ian, are you saying you? I think you made CBS history then? If I'm not mistaken, because I mean, I've, I've at least tied a record. Well, I, mean, I just don't. Yeah. I don't know if Nance has ever done a promo for Cash Nasty <laughs> House of Highlights. I mean, the way you, the way you did the House of Highlights <laughs> Cash Nasty promo was. I wrote it down. Even I even wrote it down because I, I was left so impressed by how Whoa. you just weaved it all together. Yeah, Ian, I mean, on CBS. The, the scary part is. I know we're half joking here, but <laughs> I do care. It matters to me you're a pro. that I read these correctly and I make 
either the sponsor happy or the network happy. I don't know when that was embedded in my brain that that was important in this job, but trust me, I was getting texts during, and I'm shocked you didn't reach out. I, I thought you would during a couple of these reads. And some of them were like, you have no idea what you're reading right now. And it's true. I, I had true. little to no idea, but I sold it you, damn well. Yes, you did. You, I bought it. I bought it. Uh, um, figuratively, I don't know if I'll get the Cash Nasty House of Highlights. No, um, I, I get it. I don't know who. Do we know who Cash Nasty is? Do we know yet? Have we? Wow, TJ, you're even you're shaking your head. Shaking we have no idea. Head. Okay, very good. Because I, honestly, I thought it was like a new show on CBS or something might, like might that. Might be with G Unit. I'm not sure. An all special, an all new Cash Nasty. Um, before I let you go, sir, uh, do Iron Eagle here on the Rich Eisen Show? Do we see Ben Simmons soon? What do we see in uh, Brooklyn with Ben Simmons? What do you think? Yeah, mixed messages. Uh, it sounds like he's feeling a little better. The back issue is legitimate, and it is a disc problem. And then he was having problems down his leg as well. So whatever feeling there was in the lower back had continued into uh, the lower extremities. I think they're still encouraged that he's going to be able to play at some point, but they're running out of time. (laughs) There just are not a whole lot of games left. We're talking about two weeks left in the regular season. So the big term that we hear around the NBA is the ramp up. And this has been a very long ramp up for Ben Simmons. They don't believe that it's going to be an issue integrating him, but until you see him with Kyrie, with KD, with the rest of the team, it's hard to evaluate what they're going to be. The crazy part, Rich, hmm. they could get clipped in the play-in round. They could if they hmm. go against a hot player or a hot team or the circumstances aren't to, to their advantage, or they could win the whole thing. The parameters are really wide right now for this team, which I think for the NBA is actually intriguing. And and that's part of the reason why you have this playing around to get more fan bases around the country interested in this and create more opportunities for a team to go on a run. Yeah, I I would proffer to say Trey Young might be the last person they'd want to see. Um, Oh, in the play-in game. No part of that guy in a one-game format. Everything that I just learned and all these years of doing the NCAA tournament, yes. one game, yes. anything can happen. Oh, my goodness gracious. But, I, I mean, Seth Curry was a heck of an addition, and Andre yep. Drummond has certainly come yep. to the fore, right? Aldridge is coming back, and, and I don't know, there's no such thing as a ceremonial, you know, first tip, but if, it, if there was, I think they'd have the mayor of New York come and provide it, right? <laughs> If there's such a thing, so rather interesting. Yes, you know, Uh, I I think they still feel confident that they can play with anybody, and if they get their team out there in time to do this, that they could go on a run and win the whole thing. But it's hard to make that proclamation when you just haven't seen it consistently. The Phoenix Suns show you every time that they play with Chris Paul, without Chris Paul. They have championship medal. Now, this team is motivated, highly motivated, to prove that what they're doing in the regular season is real and it's going to translate in the postseason. The Nets have had such an odd, obscure regular season hmm. that I have no idea what the carryover is going to be, if they can just flip the switch and, and turn it on for the playoffs. They have Kevin Durant, so they're going to be able to compete with anybody. But can they win it? Can they win four games in four straight series? 
uh, amidst what has been a, a highly inconsistent regular season. So then, the la- the question. so then the last one for you is, which is the best team you've seen with your own two eyes calling games for the, the Nets? Who do you? Who, uh, the- I mean, I've seen the Suns in person, and I'm just thoroughly impressed with their confidence level and uh, the level in which they execute and also the coaching dynamic with the players, Chris Paul's leadership, all of that. They've been the most impressive team I've seen, but I've seen Boston playing at a really high level. Uh, The Robert Williams injury is a big hit today. Mm -hmm. I've seen Milwaukee play at a ridiculously high level when everything's clicking. I saw Philadelphia roll in in an impressive performance. Uh, I've seen Utah play excellent basketball. I I just think it's a a fun backdrop right now in the NBA that you don't have the guarantee – team that you say that's it no one's touching them there are enough debates that can go on especially in the eastern conference that uh, we might see a surprise team uh, emerge here miami's going through some stuff clearly <laughs> yes uh, there's, there's something going on there so i do i did not know i honestly did not know the jimmy butler udonis haslam eric spolstra set to was like an oscars preview i had no <laughs> earthly wow. idea you know yeah, I, that that was legit. And then last night, while I got home from Philadelphia, yes. happened to be watching that live that you're alluding to. Yes, sir. And there was a moment, I, it didn't take long for me, but there was a moment where you just think, oh, it's a bit. Like Chris Rock hung in there, and he didn't react. So, yeah, this must be the bit. And then the uh, the reaction after you realize this this was well this was not a bit you're a live tv guy so you know uh yeah. the delay that when uh, oh, yeah. you know what a, you know what dumping out of the live uh television feed and audio looks like and that was one of the longest i've ever seen last night unreal yeah and and when you get a text right afterwards from people who are like check out the japanese feed I'm That's like, right. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> everything. I'm like, oh wow, they, they don't care. They yeah, dump nothing. They did. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, no, Australia too. There was the the Aussie yeah. rules. That was uh, that was yeah. quite something. <laughs> yeah, good day, mate. I was I was impressed. <laughs> I and uh, it was just great listening to you and uh, the rest of the crew uh, on those calls. Really, just phenomenal. So entertaining, so enjoyable, and uh, I always appreciate you uh, chiming in here on this program. Yeah, my my pleasure, Rich. Uh, Jim Spinarco. Jamie Erdahl, great teammates, our whole crew, uh, Craig Silver, Suzanne Smith, everybody just crushed it. And as you know, yes. Spinarkle, it's like Beetlejuice. If you say it three times, <laughs> you disappear. So don't do that. I've said it once. You've said it once. I think we're, we're, we're on the razor's edge. So I <laughs> Don't say it three times. <laughs> don't test fate. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right. See you guys. Ian Eagle, the one and only right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't say it three times. Beetlejuice. <laughs> so funny, man. Uh, before we take a break, let's talk about, oh, I don't think I'll be using my uh, my Odyssey putter today, huh? I definitely not. It's, well, I mean. It's looking pretty bad outside. Rich, the heavy, st- I keep playing the heavy coming. stuff might That's not right. fall for quite a while <laughs> now. <you laughs> That's know? true. There are some moments where you can play in the rain, as yeah. I have seen. Yeah. And I, the, the, the round of your life, too, <laughs> as a matter <laughs> yes, of fact. And anybody that uses a Callaway Odyssey putter knows that a round of your life is no doubt within your reach because it is the number one putter on tour, and not just the PGA Tour, but the LPGA and Champions Tours because the last 37 major championships across those tours, not only do more pros 
playing Odyssey, put her in those majors, but more pros won more major championships in 2021 with an Odyssey than anybody else. So when they say at Odyssey, the number one putter on tour, there's some substance behind it, including the consistent performance in a steady stream of game-changing innovations like the legendary White Hot insert and the new Tri-Hot 5K putter I've been telling you about. It's the classic blade with the forgiveness of a mallet, an example, perfect example of why the best players in the world rely on Odyssey putters when it matters most. See what makes Odyssey the number one putter on tour for yourself at odysseygolf.com. Okay, overreaction Monday on the other side. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, Brockman's hanging out oh, in Mexico. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. I don't know. Is he an hour, he's an hour ahead, right? I'm, I've so never been. After, are they yeah. an hour ahead? Yeah, I think yeah, they're, yeah. I've never so, been to Mexico, so I don't know. So all I know, I know is that at. I think he's probably he's probably already, you know, putting Cage down for a nap and then hitting some sort of tequila. He's definitely day drinking. Well, he's not much of a drinker, but what he is is a gambler. So if there's anywhere oh, where he can yeah. lose some money, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think he's he's definitely partaking in that. So wherever he is, I just want to let you know that I'm very much looking forward to this segment because normally he honchos this he segment. Does. I think this is very important to show how versatile this show is, that we're, we can move things around when somebody's not here. And also for you, T.J. Jefferson, to also just show Brockman in a very, <laughs> I think, um, one would say... Uh, well, roundabout way uh-huh. to prove to him just how replaceable he possibly can be. <laughs> no pressure. It's time no pressure. for overreaction Monday here on the program. Hit it, please. That was terrible. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction Mondays. Monday. All right, TJ, what do you have over there for All right, us? Here we go, Rich. Like I said, I'm going to try to do Brockman uh, service here. Uh, Coach K. Yes. Five national championships going for his sixth. Right? Unbelievable. Despite what Brockman said weeks ago about like this tainting his legacy and all that Worst other crap. Worst take ever. Worst take ever. And because he lost at Cameron. You know, in, in, in his in, last game. You look at me, and now you know I'm winning the Rich Eisen show bracket yeah, because I, I picked yes. Duke, and it, it got me to thinking. Coach K wins national title number six. Ooh, right? yes. 
that means he passes John Wooden as the greatest of all time in men's college basketball. What do you think about no, that? No, he won't pass him for most championships, but he will have a significant amount. He's had more Final Fours, and he's also had more wins than anybody else. But we're also looking at like I mean, the modern era. Like you're, you're, to, to be able to do yes. it now when guys are yes. transferring and leaving after a year. You know, he didn't have the luxury of keeping Kareem for four years. You know, he that will be if he cuts down the nets and he does it one. Like you could make the case that he's his resume. You know, is worthy of this conversation now that he doesn't need these next two. But it would lead to the question: Is is he greater than Wooden? Which I would love for a member of the media to ask Mike Krzyzewski that very question to him personally at a podium where he's got the Nets around his neck. The Nets around his neck. He's sitting there. Hey, coach, does this make you better than John Wooden? And just leave it out there. What if he says, hell yeah. (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Or he would get off the podium and slap slap somebody right across the face. The odd... (laughs) <laughs> All right, ben, but I will say I, I will just say that um, no. However, he is in that conversation, and yes, for a certain generation, he is that. Like for young kids and you know uh, people in their twenties who never heard John Wooden speak yeah. or know of what he what he was about, other than the fact he used to win a lot with Kareem who wasn't Kareem at the time, and Bill Walton, mm-hmm. that crazy guy who calls games at, deep at night on, on ESPN. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. Like, Thank uh, you for my life. I, I think I think Coach K is the wooden of that generation. So, okay. What else over there? All right, so, you know, we were talking to Peter King earlier, and it yes. seems like, you know, there's 32 NFL teams, right? Yes. Yeah. Seems like everyone's kind of got their quarterback situation for the most part figured out, right? Yes, yes TJ. Kind of made me thinking, I was thinking about the Browns and Baker Mayfield, and it got me to thinking, barring a preseason injury, Baker Mayfield is going to start week one of this NFL season on the unemployment line. No, I think that's an overreaction. He will not be unemployed. He may not be a starter, though. Hmm. And I told you, I think still, as it sits here right now, if the Browns are not relenting on whatever financials there are, or they're potentially trying to get Baker to where he wants to go to do him a quote-unquote solid, right? Um, This thing may go all the way through to the draft. And, and, And again, like, if you are going to create a competition at quarterback, because wherever he goes, he's not going to be installed as the starter. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's simple, you know. He's going to have to win. And right? so, right, he's going to have to win a job, whether it's against Sam Darnold in Carolina or it's against Drew Locke in Seattle or another part unknown that we're just not, not familiar with right now. There's no way somebody's going to acquire him for that amount of money, which is $18 bucks. They're just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So you'd rather maybe draft somebody instead and have your own guy in your own system. You drafted him. He's yours for at least four, maybe five years if you go in the first round. So I think he'll be – I would say this. It's more likely he's unemployed on draft day than opening day. Okay. But he may not be a starter come week one. That's not an overreaction at all. That's crazy. The way it currently looks. All right, Rich. A few weeks ago, something happened that really affected you. And uh, we saw the reaction that Jawan Howard got after his handshake line slap. And I tried to tell you, man, I know you were upset about it. And I said, look, Rich, in a couple years, nobody outside of Michigan is even going to be thinking about this slap. 
right? Well, a few years turned into a couple weeks after what happened last night. And, you know, little did I know that that timeline would get, be, you know, accelerated so quickly. So what happened after that is we're not so much thinking about Juwan Howard's slap anymore. It's now Will Smith. And after the slap heard around the world, I'm thinking Will Smith has tarnished his Oscar win. And people are going to remember him for the slap more than anything he's done in his career. I don't think that's an overreaction at all. Ever. I mean, ever. It will be, and and this is the sort of stuff you need to think about in life these days. Um, I, I don't think that's off base. I think that's a proper reaction right now. Again, I saw yesterday on my Twitter timeline during Oscar Day, just a few Oscar moments from previous years. Mm-hmm. The the you know, Moonlight, La La Land, Snafu at the end of, uh, you know, um, at the end of uh, the Oscars a couple of years ago for Best Picture. You know, Jack Palance winning his Oscar and he did push-ups on the stage, right? And then, um, and then David Niven was presenting years ago, the actor, and there was a streaker that streaker, came out yeah. behind him. And, you know, his reaction to it being impeccable and perfectly timed and his answer or something along the lines that somebody would, you know, have his national television debut, you know, and show up his shortcomings is <laughs> was kind of a lot like so Oscar moments, great moments in Oscar history will always be shown year in and year out. And this is going to be one of the most infamous slapping one of the most famous comedians um, across the face and then winning the Oscar moments later is something that we'll just hopefully never see again. And no one's talking about the, he, he reached the pinnacle man and no one's talking about the fact that he won that statue. And It's unfortunate. And for, it's just, there there are no winners. So, But I, I, I think that's a uh, an appropriate Reaction. Okay. I don't think that's an overreaction. Now we've got some more football ones here, Rich. What do you got? Okay. Now that the cheetah is down in Miami, okay, uh-huh. Tyree Kill is with the Dolphins, things are going to change a little bit in Kansas City. I mean, you know, teams didn't really play too much man defense against the Chiefs, right? I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to find out that, uh, you know, not having Tyree Kill... Defense is going to have a little bit easier time game planning for Patrick Mahomes and the I, Chiefs. No, it's an overreaction. I, I, you know what? And and this is going to gain more and more traction. It'll gain more and more traction. The it being the Chiefs dynasty is over. Brockman, this is just this is your version of the overreaction Monday <laughs> that the Chiefs dynasty is over from last week's overreaction. No, thank you. Uh, I'm 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 not in on that. You're not buying that. One? No, All Mahomes right. is incredibly supremely remarkably talented Travis Kelsey's not going anywhere the line is terrific getting better and better and better Tyree Kill though man Tyree Kill is next level it is next level it is he is next level but um, I, I will just say let's see who they draft let's see how they fill in for him let's see how it all works out and I just know that I, I I would bet the Chiefs making the AFC Championship game before the Dolphins, and Mahomes winning an MVP before any quarterback the Dolphins put in there. I'll take it. 
Okay. And you want to take the field? I'll give you the field on that. The field being the Dolphins. <laughs> you want to take the Dolphins? I'll take the Chiefs. All right, let's go. All right. I'll still take him. So, Rich. That's an overreaction. You know, this weekend, NFL coaches, GMs, owners, they all got together. They're all arriving down to West Palm Beach for the annual league meetings, right? And you've told us that when these people get together, they like to talk a little bit, chit-chat, right? Like the chit chat. But yeah. now you got the owners, you got the coaches, you got the GMs, you got everybody in power. And now they're down there, right? They're hanging out, Rich. They're having parties. Yeah. They're at the pool, sipping the cocktail. They're at the hotel bar. Deals are being made. All types of stuff is a being A lot talked. of square cubed cheese plates and <laughs> yes, crackers. Yes. 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 Bring yes. me your finest meats and oh, cheeses. Oh, yeah. Yes. There's a new player on the roster. Man. His name is Crudite. <laughs> the charcuterie plates must be oh. outside. Standing off there. the charts Whoa. at the Breakers and, Hotel. And, and you know, it got me thinking. The pool, the bar, the combination of the cast and characters. This was a better party than any Oscar gala that we could have had, gala that we could have had last night. I don't know, man. Uh, I can confirm, having gone to one, I the Breakers know. was very and good. I don't DJ. just mean last night. I mean, over the weekend, can, this party, the, hey, just I'm like. With- just like he, Bill Murray said in Chase, Lee Harvey, you know how to party. <laughs> no, I, 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 I know, and and um, you are a madman. I don't know, man. There, there's still some people that still need to, you know. It's still a work. <laughs> it's still a work event. It's still a work event. You, you, you're, you're. Yeah, it's not like the caddies are jumping in the pool for 20 minutes. No, like it's still, not, okay. it's still, it's still sort of like when uh, Rodney walked into that uh, dance and the dinner the first time. Okay. You know, I need to I need to choose my words carefully here. <laughs> but it's not like everybody's cutting a rug. All no. right. So you're saying they know, no. they know how to act in public. No, I take, take Vanity Fair uh, Oscar party or governor's Oscar party or whatever over. Uh, it is a, it's a wonderful event. It's terrific. It's very nice, but it's still a very corporate so structure. So Be- Belichick didn't go up and slap Peterson for I don't think so. Super Bowl. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. I don't right. think so. But it is a great to, to see. It is. All of these football men and women in this place, yeah. all together, and there's just a lot of chit chat though, and you pick up a lot of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, it's a much more well-to-do combine. <laughs> all right, I'm just saying. I thought that might be the party, bro. Yeah, there's there's a there, there's definitely a better um, there's definitely a better uh, drink selection <laughs> than at the combine. All right, and last one. We found out today, Hard Knocks is coming back. Yes, sir. And the subject. Of Hard Knocks, the team that we're going to follow for yes. five episodes, yes. the Detroit Lions. Yes. All right. That means Dan Campbell's going to be front and center. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. And Dan Campbell's going to be talking about his two 40-ounce coffees with two shots of espresso each. You know that's 80 ounces of coffee and four shots of espresso? Just want to point that out to each of you. And that's how he kickstarts his day. And he's going to talk about, you know, biting people on the kneecaps and clawing and fighting and doing all that. So my feeling is after the five episodes of Hard Knocks, Dan Campbell, he will take his place among other home box office legends yes. such as Omar Little, Tony Soprano, Lee F. Shriver, Vinnie Chase, and Larry <laughs> David. You forgot. Dan Campbell's going to become an HBO legend you after this. You forgot one. You forgot one. He is going to be the Kenny Powers of Hard Knocks. Oh, oh, oh Knox. beautiful. Even better. Put him on the list. He's yes. the Kenny Powers he of Hard Knocks. He is the Kenny Powers. Yes. I mean, I don't think any of us like could survive had, that much coffee with four that's more. That's more of the way. Like, I'm, I'm going with the... I like that. I like should, your style. He should, he should read like a, a table read of the Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> Dan Campbell. Uncle Baby, like Uncle I, Baby I, Billy. I, I'd get, I'd, 
he should do one like they should hand him one episode of Eastbound and Down, one episode of The Righteous Gemstones, one episode of what Vice Principals, Vice Principals the whole can't forget them. Danny McBride oeuvre. <laughs> he should do. They should be. They, they should have. Dan Campbell do that. Danny McBride and Walt Goggins should be honorary captains for a yes, game. Yes, at Hard Knocks. <laughs> they should send Danny McBride to to Hard Knocks. So he can bite off Lions some Lions training camp and just have him. Yes, I would pay to see Danny McBride <laughs> read off a transcript <laughs> of Dan Campbell's introductory presser. That would be great. I would pay to see that. <laughs> In the same way that Hard Knocks years ago began with uh, Caliendo doing Gruden with Gruden in the room, mm-hmm. I would take Danny McBride going in and doing Dan Campbell with Dan Campbell in the room right now. All right, HBO, oh, you heard the You're fantastic. welcome. We, we, to my colleagues at NFL Films, near me, Ross, and... Your first episode. You done. know. <laughs> and that's it, man. That's all I got for Overreaction Monday. Okay. TJ did... TJ killed it. He did great. It was all right. It was my first time, great. people. Be gentle in the comments on YouTube. Please. Well done. What, what's to be? What's to be? Yeah. What's that's great. Well, you know, someone's going to tell me I suck. Of course. No, you but, do. You yeah. know what? Everybody sucks. <laughs> you know, is whoever wherever he is right now, he should do another, you know, shot of uh, Klasa Azul if he's uh, <laughs> if he's doing that. Brockman, Klasa one Azul. back. <laughs> okay. Take a break. Finish up with some phone calls. Set up the rest of the week right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Okay, back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Now, you talked to me, Mike. Uh, you gave me, paid me a terrific compliment about yes. the number of hours that we've spent worked together. together and spent together, and you've done more live TV than me and what have you. There's a caller on line one that has an opportunity, I think, to chime in on this. And I'm seeing the name here, and I'm wondering if this is, in fact, who I believe it possibly can be, wanting to talk on this subject. Van Earl in the state of Florida uh, if he if he if chimes he, if he it, chimes into the way I'm that actually, I think he might chime in yeah. and say hello to everybody, then it is him. Van Earl, are you there, sir? You know, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude <laughs> that you would by accepting my phone call, and I really wanted to call Rich and also let you know that I'm overwhelmed with sympathy for you and all your other teammates that y'all had to put up with Michael Del Tufo for as long as you Van Wright calling into the Rich Eisen show right now. Love it. Oh, my goodness gracious. How you doing, Van? Van Earl, how you doing? I had to put up with Michael over at Fox for a long time. So the fact 
that you guys have been able to accept him onto your team and keep him there off the waiver wire is highly impressive. <laughs> no, this is nuts. You got a good story? Oh good, you got a good Del Tufo story for me, Vernon Wright? You got a good one? I got one if he doesn't. Oh, my God. Well, we know you he's got one, Mike. He's calling in. Thing specific, except... I'm also overwhelmed with gratitude that Michael was there running the board when I messed up a lot of times. No, 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 no. All I remember is one Super Bowl down in San Diego being able to sing on the balcony. Ain't that a kick in the head to the entire audience of uh, of other people in the hotel that literally clapped for us when we were done? Absolutely. And I only sang it about 200 times that week. <laughs> We had a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. I can remember, like, this is tripping me out, because I was a big Van Oro fan back in well, the day. The whole country Welcome was. to Los Angeles. <laughs> Los <laughs> Angeles, California. I remember all of that. It's Los Angeles. Mike, we need Van Earl to do that as a drop. Get that clean. <laughs> can, you imagine there, can you imagine Van Earl? There was something called Headline Sports back in the day. I mean, it's that was the beginning of pretty that and Sports Center, pretty much at the same time, right? Back Pretty much. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Pretty much. Well, how you doing? You... When I listen to it. Well, I appreciate that. How you been? Everything good? Life is full of adventures as I have uh, taken on the new occupation of golf caddy. <laughs> <laughs> so now I get to heckle rich guys when they hit really bad golf shots. By the way, I think people would pay charity for that sort of thing. Vanderbilt, right? I'll tell you that. But uh, hey, if I connect with you and all the power that you possess, maybe we can make it happen. Call back. Let's uh, let's connect anytime, man. This has been a blast. Thank you for calling in. And uh, Mike, I Van mean, Earl, awesome. How, how cool is this? Awesome, man. We were way back. Thanks for the call, Vanderbilt. Thanks, Vanderbilt. Have a great one, brother. Thank you, guys. There you go. Uh, I thought he would come on and say hello, everybody. <laughs> this is Van Earl, right? That is CNN headline sports. I was a <laughs> Baby, Dude. baby in TV when I first met those guys. Like, yeah. Man, I used when to was love Headline him. Sports on the air, man. Mike was. Well, he came from Headline to Fox Sports Net. Well, there was Sports Tonight. I remember and when I first got. Like the first, yeah. Dude, when I first got to ESPN, okay, they would have the ratings of the 6 o'clock Sports Center, 11 o'clock Sports Center, and the 2.30 a.m. Sports Center up on the wall. Every day, they'd post the, yeah. the ratings on the wall for everyone to see. And the number that they also posted as the you know measuring stick between us and them was CNN, CNN. Sports Tonight. Yeah. You know, Fred Hickman, you know. Nick Charles, Nick right? Nick Charles and yeah. Fred Hickman. And that was it. It was great. us against them when I first got there. Yeah. And then headline sports, Van Earl Wright got involved. I mean, his you know? he would be like every – they would do it every, like – on the half hour at one point? That's where I remember Van Nuys first. Well, I just remember, no, I, would, would it be every half hour well, or I 15 minutes? Every 15, 15 minutes? minutes. I remember that. And was headline, crazy. headline like, news, they'd was, pop in the sports. They'd pop in the sports, and you'd be like, that's the only way you and knew you would do the on. highlights in Los Angeles, Los California. Angeles. That's the only headline way you Headline sports. Headline sports, Van Earl, right? Yeah. Headline Dude, sports. Dude, I remember I mean, that. Yeah. That was like in the early 90s. Yeah. And you sang karaoke with him? Yeah, we got to we got to for a whole entire. It was amazing. The alcohol was not involved at all, no, was it? No, Never. no, 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 no. Rich, you know you're a karaoke guy. You can't 
That's that Thank leads you. me to believe the alcohol Please. was involved. Like, yeah, <laughs> says the guy at the draft in Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. Oh, hey guys, just do us a favor. Don't, don't curse. Is so that San, get Santa's way, pub? Is that what it was Santa's called? Pub. Right, and we go there and Sign on the, the wall, wall, it says on the wall. I didn't read. On the wall, it says no cursing. It said that twice, Rich. And he gets to the microphone and he grabs it and he it, says, "You dropped, you dropped the MF. MF, yeah. loud. You and MF, loudly." I mean, you know, twice. You get your one chance. You just got Not one like chance. You did, it, you did it twice and then yeah. almost did it three times. The it guy was, tapping on the shoulder almost said, like, like Beetlejuice. <laughs> did you read? <laughs> <laughs> Mike just has his jeans. <laughs> Calm down, Delta. Yes, that was libation. Man, life is remarkable. And Mike, you know, you had me down there in the middle of, I don't know where we were, Tennessee, Alabama. You don't, you don't need to draw attention to me in those parts, man. I was a little nervous. All right, so we made it through We made it through uh, one show without uh, Brockman. And Del Tufo's leaving, so it'd be Feller in his spot. You know, we don't replace Brockman. We just try and make it through. So we made one through through one show. It was a great show. Yeah. I mean, and you did a great job with Overreaction Monday. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. sir. I appreciate it. Should we just tomorrow do another one of his segments with you just to piss him off? <laughs> Will we do the news tomorrow? Yeah, let's do the news. Yeah. We'll do the news tomorrow. Fantastic. Michael Chick listen studio. That'll be a great Tuesday program. Don't miss it.